Welcome back to the Green Zone live in Saskatoon on this uh, Thursday. We are live at the Nutana Curling Club where the uh, Saskatchewan Men's Provincial Championship, the tankard, is being played uh, behind me. Mike McEwen on the ice uh, right now as uh, the ratings uh, favorite coming in to uh, this one, but a big game going on uh, in Pool B uh, right now uh, with a few of the teams, Cody Harding uh, and Rylan Kleider uh, going head-to-head both. Both undefeated as that one is now tied 4-4 with Kleider uh, scoring uh, two uh, with Hammer. And uh, the young Skip will be joining me just after 5 o'clock after this one wraps up here on the Green Zone. But right now, uh, we're going to turn over to Britton Gray, football at 4. Football at four with Britton Gray. He is our Green Zone rider reporter, uh, Britton Gray, uh, joining us as uh, he was also on the line with uh, Jeremy O'Day earlier uh, today, getting a preview of what could come with CFL uh, free agency. The negotiating window uh, opens up on uh, Sunday. So, Britton, let's start with the most important position, quarterback. What did we find out about the quarterback depth chart of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders with Mason Fine returning as the backup? Well, it, it's that they are comfortable with the four quarterbacks they're bringing. Jeremy O'Day is talking to some guys on their negotiation list, but they feel comfortable with the four they have for training camp. And it was just when they evaluated, they went back and watched the tape. They discussed with uh, Corey Mace and Mark Mueller. And they view Mason Fine as, I guess, more of a fit into the offensive system that Mark is going to roll out and someone who I guess he felt more comfortable with. Now we'll see if that decision is the right one or not. But uh, I'm, I'm very interested to see what comes from training camp because you've mentioned before Mason Fine signs a two-year deal, but it's CFL contract. And something I might be reading too much into what Jeremy O'Day said today but he said Mason Fine is coming in to compete for the number two spot, not just have the number two spot, compete for it. And also mentioned Shea Patterson as someone who they think needs more of an opportunity to show what he can do after uh, last season. When do they? When does the CFL team ever give anybody any opportunity who's a number two guy? And, and by the way, if you got to go to Mason Fine this year at some point because Trevor gets hurt, yeah, your host. You are like let's be let's be honest. Oh, well, when when you Britain was telling me about oh, they did evaluate Jake versus Mason and chose Mason over Jake. Okay. So this, this, but then I can spin over again to last season and the evaluation going. Why did they go with Jake over mate? Like these are two different coaching staffs evaluating the quarterbacks right. completely differently. Yeah. But both one one evaluating Mason fine bigger than Jake. The other one at the end of the last year went with Jake over Mason. Uh, but the bottom line is this: they they need it. They need a new one. Like Shea Patterson's been in the league for a while. He has played some games. He has uh, been a backup. And I know we, it could be the Cody Fajardo thing all over again. He was a short yardage guy for five years until he yeah, got an opportunity. Uh, but Antonio Pipkin, he's proven himself. He's gotten starts on what he can do. He's their short yardage guy. 
they need to find somebody else, Britain. They need to bring somebody in and see if they are better than Shea Patterson and Mason Fine. I mean, we, we are going to have to see. I, I do think they need to bring another arm, but just uh, Shea Patterson, a lot, like just going back to training camp last year, he looked impressive in camp and that preseason game, but something happened. And it, it feels like the more we learn about last year and kind of the direction that they're going in free agency, there was a lot of roster mismanagement last year. Uh, Shea Patterson, even being the short yardage guy, might have been one of them. Anthony Lanier at defensive end. Uh, Jeremy O'Day said they plan on moving him back inside. The, the Darren Eric Moncrief covering so many wide receivers. It felt like the riders, the coaching staff last year, were maybe desperate to try and get things going, and all these moves they tried just didn't work out for them. Well, um, but we are learning who they like, and they definitely like uh, the other news of the day is Sean Bain Jr. Uh, gets a two-year deal uh, to return to Saskatchewan. He got, uh, I, That was the one thing I got right about the Rough Riders last season. Um I said they'd get seven, eight, or nine wins. They only got six. But the one guy I had pegged to have a breakout year was Sean Bain Jr. He definitely did that, was definitely a must sign, and they got that deal done officially Britain today. Yeah, I was a little shocked it took this long because, like you said, he had the breakout year, and those that's the kind of guy you want to build around, right? A young guy who um, is really making a name for himself in the CFL and signed for two years, and he presents that speed opportunity. Now, I know he led the CFL in catches last year, but I don't think that's Sean Bain's strength. I want to see him go deeper down the field this year and not just turn into a, a, a yak machine, which he was, yards after catch there, which he was very good at that. But it felt like there was still another part to his game that this team didn't really find a way to unleash last season. So we'll see if Mark Mueller can do it here, who, of course, is familiar with what Sean Bain can do with their time in Calgary together. Now, the window opens. Are they going to sign A.J. Ouellette, uh, Britton Gray? Are they going after – I know they can't say that today with Jeremy O'Day's call. <laughs> they can't name names until maybe Sunday, but – what do you think the chances are that they're going to chase down one of these running backs with Jamal Morrow unsigned? Well, I think it's very high they're going to go after another running back. It feels like that they are moving in a different direction at that position, though you never know. I mean, A.J. Willett has to be up there, but uh, uh, TSN's uh, Dave Naylor there says that the Riders have a strong interest in William Stanback, and I think that is interesting based on the price tag there. It, it comes down to, because if you're signing A.J. Willett, he's going to be the guy. He's going to get the bulk of the carries. With Stanback, with his injury history, and kind of what he's been through, maybe you do get him a little bit cheaper, and then maybe instead of just all William Stanback, you get to uh, put a little bit more of Frankie Hickson out there because I think Hickson's running style is a little bit more uh, comparable to William Stanback's than it was to Jamal Morrow's. And so maybe it goes a one-two punch that way, and then you can have some more money to spend elsewhere because it feels like a, outside of what Brady Oliveira is going to get, A.J. Willette will be the next kind of high price tag when it comes to a running back. Do they need to make a big splash somewhere, or do they need to just methodically rebuild that offensive line and go from there? 
I mean, they definitely need to rebuild the offensive line. The offensive line needs to continue to get better. They've got some young pieces there, but unproven pieces. And I, I think they do have to make a splash. This is a fan base that has grown frustrated recently with the, the disappointments that have gone on and the way the past two seasons have gone and how this team elected to stay status quo when it didn't work out. It was the exact same thing. So there is frustration. And one of the best ways to kind of help rebuild some of that goodwill is to go out and make a splash and there are some great players available especially on the defensive side of the ball I think this defense is going to get uh, a rework much like the offense did last offseason and there's a few names out there especially when you look at some of those Argos defenders who are still unsigned and are familiar with Corey Mace that I think might have some targets on them for Jeremy O'Day and Mace. I guess uh, Jeremy O'Day spoke to that today as well. Uh, what do you expect from former Argos or Stampeders to follow Corey Mace, especially some defensive players, to Saskatchewan? I, I think it's. I think that's a definite possibility. Just from the way you can tell with the way Corey Mace uh, talks and how he presents himself, that he's a, a likable guy. He's very charismatic, and we so we've heard from players before that. They literally want to run through a wall for him. And I think that's going to translate. And I think that's going to be a positive for this Riders team this year is that it feels like this is a coach that players will follow somewhere. Much like we talk about Chris Jones when he leaves, the Chris Jones guys kind of follow him. And it feels like Corey Mace might have guys who also want to uh, follow him to wherever that may take them. Well, they were following him to Toronto from Calgary and might follow him back to Saskatchewan from Toronto uh, with some of those players that he brought in uh, with the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. As uh, Britton Gray is with us for football at 4, our Green Zone uh, rider reporter. Um, anything else cooking with Jeremy O'Day today? Oh, he's down at the, uh, what is it, the East-West game or the the Shrine Bowl uh, scouting? Shrine Bowl, yeah. Yeah, Shrine Bowl at the uh, at the Star, where the Cowboys practice actually is where they moved it to, down in Frisco, Texas there. So he's down there uh, scouting, and who knows who he'll find down there and kind of uh, get to uh, come up to the CFL. But he's like this is a busy time for him, obviously. Free agency window opens on Sunday here, the negotiation window, and it starts. And, and we'll see exactly how this team is going to look as they try to get back to playoffs. How busy is he going to be, do you think? Like, how busy is next week with all the one? Because last year, you remember, it was this week, the next week before CFL free mm-hmm. agency, where all the shoes started to drop going, okay, this guy's going here, this guy's going there. And then it was the Tuesday after when everything was official. How busy do you think Britton Gray is going to be next week uh, chasing all the breaking stories? I think it's going to be another busy day if I had to go out and say it just like last year. Those are going to be different positions. I think the running back spot, where we're going to find out that. A one or two offensive linemen, that defensive line, you need to find maybe another defensive end and uh, another defensive tackle to go alongside Anthony Lanier. I think there's a spot in the defensive backfield to bring someone in. And then well, linebackers, we don't, Micah Tights hasn't re-signed. Larry Dean hasn't re-signed. There's a lot of holes when you look at this team right now that I think they want to fill which makes me think that they're waiting to see who might get to free agency on the defensive side of the ball and who does want to come join Corey mace here um well i can tell you that the the long staffer they don't have to worry about him he just left he just he, he had to go to the uh, hockey event tonight so jorgen Hughes just left the curling here um uh, but uh, one thing we found out uh, today uh, we found out Britton gray and i found out today uh, we are way more interested in the uh, Patrick Mahomes PM15 <laughs> diet 
than we are in the TB12 <laughs> diet. Correct, Britton? I mean, that, that, that's just what peak physical male performance looks like nowadays. And that, that, that is exactly, you know, I'm getting close. If you hadn't seen the photo of Patrick Mahomes, he's getting he's getting criticized because he's got a, everybody thought he'd be like jacked and ripped and abs and everything. He looks uh, he looks like a dad who's you know having some trouble getting to the gym from time to time. Back in the world, facility they don't have a fitness facility in Kansas City. Do they not have one there? Like, I'm pretty sure they do. Like this Does dude it, must this must this dude must go into the bathroom to, to change and then come out in front of his team. He, he must. I, his, honestly, his, his response is like, "Come on, like this really is good. this is his TB. This is his Tom Brady draft photo right now for Patrick Mahomes. Going, can we delete this off the internet now? I will pay anybody. Why did money. you have to do me like that? Is is what he uh, <laughs> yeah. what he asked back hey. out there. Hey, Drew, I think whatever Patrick Mahomes is doing, he needs to keep doing it. I don't think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to complain about what he's doing because another Super Bowl already. I I think he can uh, uh, afford some off days in the gym. Britain, Britain, there's more to life than championships. When you look in that mirror, you should like what you're seeing back. Hey, just saying. Yeah, he, when he do it, he just has to put his Super Bowl rings on. No, 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 on no. Like I said, there's more to championships. <laughs> there's, there's, there's more. Trust me on that one. That is football <laughs> at four with Britton Gray here on the Green Zone on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Jamie Dye, Drew Romendo with you. I am live at the Nutana Curling Club for the uh, Provincial Tanker, the Men's Provincial Curling Championship, where uh, a couple of ends left in the 2 o'clock draw. Another draw later uh, tonight. That includes the defending champion Kelly Knapp at 1-1. One and one, uh, Lost earlier uh, today uh, to uh, Rylan Kleider, who came back and stole 1-10 to stay at 2-0. and oh. We'll continue to bring you up to date on the tanker uh, throughout the afternoon. Uh, Ryland Kleider will join us after his draw a little later on today. But right now, time for the one-minute drill. The latest in sports is the NHL All-Star Weekend kicking off today in Toronto. The Professional Women's Hockey League 3-on-3 showcase as well as the draft where the captains will pick the four teams to square off on Saturday. Elias Lindholm arrives in Toronto now representing the Vancouver Canucks after the trade late last night that sent him from Calgary to Vancouver. Uh, Saskatoon Blades announced they'll hang number 39 from the rafters of Sastel Center uh, later this season. Frank Bannum being honored. Of course, a star of the Blades in the 90s, including 83 goals in the 95-96 season. And Rough Rider news today, they locked up Sean Bain Jr. to a new two-year contract. He had 93 catches over 1,000 yards with a breakout year in Saskatchewan last season. Oh, and the Washington Commanders have decided who's going to coach the team after uh, firing Ron Rivera. Dan Quinn, former Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator, makes the move to Washington. Coming up next, Patrick Johnston post media in Vancouver to assess the Elias Lind home deal as the Canucks push all in to try to win a cup in 2024. This is 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. 
Well, it wasn't quite uh, 3 a.m. last night when the uh, trade went through with the Vancouver Canucks and the Calgary Flames. Uh, Jamie and I live at the Nutana Curling Club uh, as the provincial tankard is underway behind me, just about to wrap up the 2 o'clock draw as they are in the ninth and pretty well across the board. couple of close games, 6-6-4-4, but uh, Mike McEwen with hammer up 6-4 right now on Damon Burnath as rink as trying to improve the two and oh but we are going to talk about the big trade yesterday in the National Hockey League as we bring on Patrick Johnston of the Post Media in Vancouver who has the Canucks covered Patrick thank you for joining us once again happy to be here I'm not sure I've ever actually been interviewed from a provincial curling championship there we go. <laughs> History has been made, ladies and gentlemen, for Patrick Johnson's broad, uh, reporting career. Um, especially not from the Saskatchewan provincial tanker. But uh, no. <laughs> pa- so I need to know: it was Patrick Johnston on holiday yesterday, and then everything was like, uh, "Sorry, you're you're coming to work. We need to call him. You're going to be on a Zoom call. They did it again, like they did with Bo Horvat last year. You're working All Star Weekend." Uh, you know, no, it's, I tend to actually still work a little bit this week. You know, kids are in school, so there's not much to do, nowhere to go. Um, no, I was working, and, you know, it's funny, like, obviously we had the Alvin, uh, uh, Patrick Alvin, you know, his contract got extended yesterday, so we were already kind of on that. That It's always nice to be handed something to do on, on a day where you're kind of sitting there thinking, mm, when am I going to come up for, you know, off-week sort of light fluff story? Uh, so we actually had some news, and then I, I did laugh when you know I did see the Jim Rutherford comment when he was on uh, on Toronto radio there, go joking. Well, maybe we'll make a trade before the All Star game, and then he really did. Um, so, no, <laughs> it's it, it, uh, I was I was sort of on tune. I was sort of ready to go, and I. It was, uh, it, it, we were at the end of the day, it was time to go pick the kids up from after school care. And my wife and I, I looked at her and I said, well, I guess you're going. The Canucks are making a trade. She just laughed and wow. goes off to the races. So, yeah, that's how it goes some days. <laughs> so what do you make of the deal uh, with Elias Lindholm added? And, of course, five pieces going the other way, including Kazmenko, two defensive prospects, a first-round pick, and a conditional fourth. Um, Well, first of all, I think the Lindholm part is not a big surprise. I think we certainly knew the Canucks were going to be hunting for something big. Uh, Lindholm was one of the big needs out there. There was a lot about how he plays and what he brings to the table, you know, the two-way play, um, an ability to play with top players, uh, some history with Elias Patterson, you know, right shot center. Not every face off matters, but some matter a lot. And having a, an extra guy who is adept at that is always uh, a nice thing to have. Um, it made a lot of sense. So it wasn't a huge surprise that he was the guy. Um, in all this, you know, you, you were sitting there thinking, okay, how are they going to make this do? The Canucks have always sort of been up against the cap, no matter who's been in charge. They do have a little more wiggle room this year than, than maybe in past years, but you knew it was more than likely they were going to have to find a way to move off of Andre Kuzmenko, uh, who had struggled this season and then kind of lost his way under, under Rick Talk. It just didn't quite fit with how they wanted to play. Um, despite having that strong season last year in terms of at least scoring goals. Um, so you weren't sure quite how they would make that all work. 
But, uh, you know, I, I was a little surprised to see that he was in the trade going the other way. Not surprised to see them moving their first overall pick. Not surprised to see them move a couple sort of, uh, I mean, Hunter Biscavich is, is a, a interesting prospect. Uh, was not a leading prospect, but an interesting prospect. But not surprised to see him move or, or you know, perhaps surprised to see Yoni Yermo move because he's probably, I mean, he's almost certainly not going to make the NHL. Um, but the overall structure of the trade, I think, in the end made sense. And it didn't feel like the Canucks overpaid too much. I mean, they did have to, I guess, give up that late first as a consequence of moving off Kuzmenko. But, but you look at the trade and you kind of go, no, this makes sense. You're trying to win, right? Like, this is a team that's trying to make itself the leading contender for the Stanley Cup. And, and when you're doing that, that means you're adding players that are going to play on your top two lines. And they ended up doing that. This is a, a big win for the Bank of the Canucks. When you look at the other teams in the league that will challenge in the playoffs, where does this put the Canucks? Well, it pushes them near to the top. Um, yeah. Certainly, you know, standings-wise, right? They've been sitting at the very top. Um, but, but you know, you, you <laughs> there's been a lot that's gone right for them. Um, obviously, their best players have been truly their best players. Fantastic. But they've also had great performances from their depth players, right? Like so much lately has been driven by that Teddy Bluger, Dakota Joshua, Connor Garland line. Um, and you know, essentially the team's third line, but they've been playing like a second line. And and they've been smart in how they attack uh, attack the, the opposing net. They don't waste shots. Um, they've been a bit lucky, of course. They've had good defensive play. There's been a lot there to build from. I think they were a team that you know you sort of went on paper even coming into the season. We thought, okay, well they should be a playoff team. Um, you know, if things go right, they'll be a bit better than that. Obviously, they far exceeded that. But, you know, in, in, in the sort of core of the discussion, you still knew that there were some... Uh, this is a lineup that needed a few more elements. You needed another top forward, like a Lindholm-type player. You just needed, you know, with the way Elias Patterson has spent a lot of seasons playing with Kuzmenko and Ilya Mikheyev, well, Kuzmenko hasn't scored before Christmas, since before Christmas, and Ilya Mikheyev hasn't, hasn't scored since even before that. You know, he's been kind of carting around a couple of wingers who haven't been able to put the puck in the net. And so you're like, that alone told you they needed to find a player who could do better. And you, you have to think Lindholm. I know he's been a bit snake bit this year, but you have to think Lindholm's the kind of guy that's going to fit that. So this pushes the Canucks further up. They're very much closer to the summit than they were. There's absolutely no doubt about that. I still think they're going to add some stuff. And if they do, they will be even more of a, of a tough opponent for whoever they end up facing in the playoffs. Well, Lindholm was... He was after um, Johnny Hockey left, after Kachuk yeah. left that same year. He was not the same player, the 100-point guy that he was no. with Calgary. And you could yeah. tell in his game, when you watch Calgary, that he needed a change. So, so when, we look at, yeah. when we look at who he's going up with, he could play in that first line with Pedersen or Mikhaev, maybe drop down with Besser and Suter, although I like JT Miller there. When, when you look yeah. at that, where he fits in, where do you see him? Well, I think I do think they'll, they'll look at him first with Patterson. Uh, you know, there is the possibility of putting a lot of line back together. Um, they obviously, when they first were together, were so strong. I mean, I think you yeah. saw them when you were here with San Jose, right? Like, you yeah. saw them play. Like, so good. So good. They were the top of the game. Um, but but uh, they, they had not been as good lately. And, you know, I mean, a week ago, 
they got broken up. Talk. It was it wasn't critical of Lee's Pedersen, no. but he took note of the fact that that Pedersen had been had dipped a little bit. You know, I did note today Pedersen gets named third star of the month by the NHL because he's been <laughs> scoring so much. So it's a little bit. But you know, Talkett's point was the two way game hadn't quite been there, and I think his instinct more is to is to he. I think he likes Pia Suter better as a winger for. On that, on that Miller Besser line, and I think he was really looking to find a second, uh, you know, a Pedersen led separate line, not a second line, if you will. But you know, you have two top lines that way, and and I think so. I think they, they look at Lindholm, and it certainly became clear that they weren't just looking for a center; they were looking for a forward, a guy that can play in the middle or could play in the wing. Lindholm has that kind of pedigree. Um, and and so they they sort of said, okay, here's a guy that could fit with Pedersen. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. Like you could see them go back to the lot of line. Maybe Lindell ends up holding that line on his own. You know, playing with Suter and, and Mikheyev, or you know, maybe Nikolander, or maybe they'll try some other options. But um, I, I think to start with, yeah, I really think it's going to be a Pedersen Lindholm show and see how that goes. So when you look at the uh, Vancouver Canucks and the Calgary Flames, uh, they, they already did the uh, the other deal with the Zadorov. Now th- this one, and then there's talk of Chris Tanev. Like, uh, right. is it, is, are they the is Alvin and Conroy the only guys want to do business this season or what? <laughs> well, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, no team has made more trades than the Vancouver Canucks this season. Um, and, you know, you go back to Rutherford. I mean, I think the, I think when he first got hired, we did the math. and He had averaged a trade a month when he was in charge of the Pittsburgh Penguins. And certainly Patrick Alvin uh, learned that, that sort of that team-building approach firsthand, having been involved in management in Pittsburgh before he came here. And, and you know, Trader Pat, as I think we're starting to call him here, hasn't been afraid. I mean, since... Since uh, since I mean since Vertaka took over, I mean I guess it's going to be probably twelve. I mean I think the last time we looked, it was the, the first lineup that Taka put on the ice. Uh, there were there were eleven guys a year ago when he took over. Basically, eleven guys are gone. Well, if you put Kuzmenko in that now, twelve guys are gone. Right? Like, they've turned over a lot of that roster. They've been really really aggressive in trying to find the right mix and, and uh, it, it's worked, right? Like they, they added a bunch of guys in the summer. You look at Ian Cole and Carson Susie, who's who is injured right now, but like you said, they added the door off. Now they've added Lindholm. Um, you know, they added, uh, they added um, Mark Friedman, who hasn't played a ton, but Mark Friedman beginning of the season. They added Teddy Blue in free agency. Like they have not been afraid to add players, um, and it is funny. Yeah, it has just worked out. I mean, I think it did. We were, I mean, they, there was a, a, a couple trades, uh, you know, six or seven years ago with the Flames. But the Canucks and Flames have not historically been great partners. It sort of went back to the '90s before that. I think before they really made a move. But uh, they certainly haven't been afraid of working with each other. The Tanov question is interesting. I think a few of us kind of had this noise. We, we had a few people whispering in our ear, like there could be some Tanov element here in your shirt. But how? It's going to be challenging. I think. So yeah. the cap hit and the Canucks situation. But it is clear that, you know, the Canucks are looking at where they're at, what you need in the playoffs. You look at Rutherford's pass. He's always trained as a depth defenseman. So, you know, in that one, you never say never. I'm not sure it's going to happen, but you never say never. And certainly, you know, Alvin knows Craig Conroy's interest in what he needs more than anyone now, I think, <laughs> anybody else in the NHL. <laughs> so, uh, Patrick, before we let you go, I, I, I'm wondering, tonight they do the draft for the All-Star game. Yeah. Uh, the, the pair of Canucks are drafting. Like, uh, is it JT and Quinn that are now together because Jack's not there or whatever it is? Um, I, I, you know, yeah, I can't. I, well, 
they've got Elias as an assistant, so I'm not quite sure how it all works. Okay, out, yes, but, it yeah. is, and, yeah. it's, and it's confusing because now there's two guys with the same spelling that it's Elias and Elias. So you're going to have to yeah. figure that. Uh, but is it is it guaranteed Lindholm is going to go in the first round to the Paracanucks that are drafting, like to welcome well, him aboard? Uh, sure, I think it'd be very likely. I mean, all I can tell you is that you know when we last talked to Rick Dockett on Saturday night, he asked us, he goes, "Guys, do I have to draft? What do I have to do?" We're like, no, "Enjoy yourself. Just make sure you show up on time." So he, he was very relieved. You know, half the draft is his team anyway, so I'm not even sure he knows what he's going to end up doing. But it'll be, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. Obviously, uh, you know, we, we Canucks fans are kind of familiar with these strange scenarios. Last year with Pedersen was there, and Horvat was there, and then Horvat got traded to the Islanders. And, Played on the same team as Pedersen, but was represented the Islanders. And, uh, it's it's nothing new here. We always say it's never boring in Canuckland, and certainly this All Star game is just the latest example of that. Talk's, talk's not doing us broadcasters any favors. He's supposed to be paying attention this the last couple of years being a broadcaster. He doesn't know what he's supposed to do. <laughs> no. No. They changed the rules on him, and he just, I think he just said, all right, that's enough. I can't keep track of all of this. <laughs> well, well, Patrick, we'll uh, let you get back at it, uh, chasing the kids around uh, over the uh, now break, hopefully, unless, you know, Rutherford makes another deal uh, tonight. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. <laughs> Take care. That is Patrick Johnston from Post Media in Vancouver has the Canucks uh, covered. Uh, we are live from the Nutana Curling Club. Just one game left on the ice as uh, Ryland Clyder stole one earlier to win a game, trying to steal another one uh, this afternoon. We'll update you on that one, plus our game of the night next on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Jamie and I, Drew Remenda with you here in the Green Zone. Uh, should I attempt to, to do a play-by-play on the last rock of this game coming down right yep. now uh, with uh, Kleider and Hartung? Uh, Hartung needs a run back uh, to get his one in the 10th end against Ryland uh, Kleider. As he's... Uh, oh, okay, they've... Oh, he got through there. Now Clyder has a chance to get it right back. So we'll see. Ryland Clyder's coming up, by the way, as he's hoping to go to 3-0. and uh, He'll join us on the green zone. As with two rocks left, I don't know. We're probably going to be in the commercial break for the last game that's out there uh, right now uh, for the Saskatchewan Tanker. That's where we are live right now. Our game of the night, as uh, thanks for the uh, Curl Sask and the organizers here for uh, having us. I'm, I'm going to stay right here where I am. Uh, Kaltoff Laycock, two undefeated teams tonight uh, from uh, the Tankard as the uh, standings are two. There's three 2-0 and teams in Pool A. Only two of those teams will make the playoffs. So a big game tonight uh, for the men's Tankard right here at the Nutana. That draw starts at uh, 7 o'clock. But right now, it's time for the one-minute drill. <laughs> The Saskatchewan Rough Riders are locking up another key piece of the puzzle for 2024. Receiver Sean Bain Jr. has signed a two-year deal over 1,000 yards last year in a breakout campaign campaign in his first year with the Riders. The Blades will honor Frank Bannum, hanging his number 39 from the rafters, a star of the 90s Blades, including 83 goals in the 95-96 season, which remains uh, the franchise record uh, for the Saskatoon Blades. And the All-Star festivities underway. The draft goes later. The PWHL showcase also on tap later tonight in Toronto. Coming up next, Ryland Kleider is going to join us as he just wraps up his game right now as 
It looks like Fell in this one drops to two and one, but this is his third go-around at the Provincials, and he's looking for his first Provincial Championship. Drew Remenda, I'll talk to you tomorrow from the Kinsman yes, Sports sir. Dinner. Uh, oh, nice. A, have a great night. Yeah, Jose Bautista is going to be around. I might even wear a sport jacket tomorrow, to be quite honest. Uh, more coming up from the Tankard on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.